Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back. So I had an interesting weekend. I went to a, a virtual conference, a Jewish psychedelic summit. Whoa. I know. I'm expanding my world or I'm contracting my world. I don't know what the hell. Oi, psychedelic. Oi, I, I, I can't imagine. What, what does that mean, Jewish psychedelic? It was just, um, you know, I had my friend Adriana Kurtz, who has the law firm, the Jewish psychedelic law firm with them. Mm out in New York and there's a whole world. This is, you know, this is, this is industry. This has been, it's a lot of them were Israelis, I will say, but there was an interesting session about, you know, there's a lot of Jewish therapists, psychologists out there. It was about intergenerational trauma, which is interesting. That's why part of this, the psychedelic world is about healing and how it's working with PTSD. And, you know, it talks about being unsafe. Jews sort of hold this generational trauma. We, you know, pretty much everyone wanted to kill us yeah. until we came here and I'm not sure how they feel about us here, but we are here and, you know, that we hold on to this and that we remember, we have this sort of constant need to remember. And they said, you know, it's not Zahor. really just to traumatize us. Yeah. Zahor, <laughs> right. Remember. Yeah. And, well, instead of uh, Lucy in the sky with diamonds, they have Murray in the sky with diamonds. Hey. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So we have to remember. And sometimes, the, you know, the psychedelic experience can remember, can kind of guide our path to our present. And I love so it. That, that was sort of the interesting healing trauma. And so just talking about intergenerational trauma, did you know there is a cannabis museum in Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts? Yeah. That tells the story of cannabis and criminalization. Wow. I know. Massachusetts. How about that? Everything. What are they, um, what I, are they selling the gift shop? 
<laughs> you got to find out. There's imagine. actually a cell in the middle of the dispensary, apparently. Mm. Yep. Um, Wait, so it's they, a dispensary and a museum? It's all in one. Her oh, name, so okay. the, She's a recovering lawyer like us. Her name is April. She's opened the dispensary in JP just recently. It's called Seed. Mm. And right within it is a cannabis and criminal justice museum called CORE. And she said there's literally a cell in the dispensary. that in, So you can enact the experience, not just describe the injustice. Wow. I, I love it. The full experience. The full, buy your pot and go to jail, just like it used to be. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But you're allowed out, which is you're the allowed out. I guess. Exactly. Yeah, right. And then, let's see. So two more. Th- oh, and then no, stigma. So this other thing I went to, a law, cannabis law conference, which is sort of the other extreme of this industry, mm. you know, and- I was literally at a session about crushing the stigma or getting this, getting rid of the stigma in the law profession. Right. It was a very lawyerly thing. You know, the guy talked about it. So it's like, bore, you know, make the most interesting thing boring about <laughs> cannabis. Yeah. And then the, it, but that's yeah, a big, know. that's a big thing. I mean, the, I know a lot of law firms have cannabis departments now and they're not used to such things at the white shoe law firms, you know? They so, are not. And yeah. one of the last questions was like, how do you consume or what is your interest? And he got very embarrassed and, you know, continued to hold on to the stigma that he couldn't even talk about it because he could work. He hadn't quite brought it together. So, you know, I live in this world now where everybody who believes that you're going to be in this industry, you have to have a relationship with the plant. So that was what my comment was. And then I got a lot of other lawyers kind of chiming in. So I wasn't alone. Wow. Yeah, I think that's kind of missing the point if you're talking about dispelling the stigma and then you're saying, oh, I don't touch the stuff. Yeah, it's so dangerous I can't touch it. Anyway, so that was my little lawyer thing. Mm -hmm. And then before we get to our guest, I have two books I want to recommend. I do think this is coming out after Mother's Day, but this is a good Mother's Day gift. You could get it for your mother whenever you think of it. It's called The Three Mothers, and it is the story of the mothers of MLK, Malcolm X, and James Baldwin and how they shaped the nation. And these Mm. were women who kind of have disappeared into history, but their sons have created a change in history. And so this is fascinating. The three mothers. So the three mothers like it. That'll be in in my show notes. And then the kids book, you know, a man named Brian Sikandi has written a book called Kids of Cannabis. And it's a story about three kids, Jack, Charlotte, and Bruce, whose parents work in the fast growing cannabis CBD industry. And because of the wide spread cannabis stigma that we were just talking about. Jack, Charlie, and Charlotte and Bruce haven't told anyone about any of their friends of what their parents do until today. So, you know, we're trying to cross the stigma on so many levels and stories seem to help. Mm-hmm, for sure. Love it. Yeah. By the way, I, I just called up, our, obviously our listeners won't see this, but the this is what, what was the name of Seed in Jamaica Seed. Plain? It's really an amazing, like modern looking thing. I don't see the the cell off the top of my head, but look at that. Look at the way they've, well, that, they've designed this is what, it. Yeah. This is what dispensaries look like now. You know, yeah. I think we've been stuck inside for a year and they've been doing a lot of work and now we're going to come out and see the world of amazing dispensaries. You know, a lot of them are you know, founded by women because they have a sense of aesthetic and they want them to be places that are engaging. Yeah. It's an experience. I want it to be an experience. Not. At the dispensary in what's the, I'm terrible. I forget our past Con- guests. Con- yeah. At, at, at that one, they have, Clips of movies playing from like stoner movies. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so again, <laughs> this industry, you can do what you want. There's yeah. a lot of different ideas. Right. So, all right. And then before we get, we're going to have a special guest today again, Dr. Danny, who's going to be talking about pets and CBD because I have elderly pets. This is going to be great and exciting. And then it's, I just want to thank Ivy Bliss for making today's show possible. 
Irie Bliss is a hemp wellness lifestyle brand right here in Massachusetts, founded by longtime medical cannabis patient, hemp advocate, and friend of the show, Sandy Bernier. Thank you so much, Sandy. And let's get on to today's show. All right. So today we have two moms because we're, it's May, Mother's Day, week, month. We're going to be talking to moms. Not that we don't always talk to moms, but we're focusing on the moms in May. So these are two moms from Missouri who are working together, elevating women's knowledge about cannabis through crafts, conversation, and community. They were brought together in the most unlikely world of the Girl Scouts, and they are here today to explain how they recognized a fellow mom, what fun stuff they are planning through events by Leo, and how their kids and community feel about their cannabis advocacy. Please welcome to the Mom Show, Jess Jerry and Destiny Simon. Welcome, ladies. Hi, thank you so much for having us. So yeah, we're just, so excited. Just each say your name and so they can hear your voice and just a little introduction. Why don't we start with Jess? Yeah, so my name is Jess. I am one half of Canna Events by Leo and also Leo Accounting. I am a mom. I have three daughters. They are nine, six, and five. And bless my poor husband's heart because they're a lot. I am also a... Girl Scout leader, an occasional Sunday school leader, and a huge cannabis advocate. Woohoo! Right? Destiny. I'm the other half of Canna Events by Leo and Leo Accounting. I'm also a mom. I used to be a Girl Scout leader, but I stepped down to do a whole lot of other things. I have, I myself have a total of four children, but I really have a whole lot of children because I seem to collect them. They they keep me on my toes. I am by day an accountant, like an actual accountant, not a TikTok accountant. And yeah, cannabis advocate, educator is something I really have found my passion and drive in. And these, so they're accountants and people think accountants might be a little dry, but these ladies are funny. They keep me laughing with their TikTok <laughs> videos. All right. So you're sort of a funny mix of things. Let's talk about how do you know how in the, well, you were in a Girl Scout meeting and you there was a signal. How did you know that you are like destined to be together? You see, it took probably a good year before we actually started getting comfortable with each other. I we came over to Destiny's house for just like for a little game night get together. And Destiny pulled me aside and she was like, hey, so this is really awkward. And I don't know. But do you smoke? And my response was smoke what and then we just knew we knew we were in a safe place together <laughs> so, what, so what year was this and we were both we in Missouri then we is that where you lived yeah yeah we were in Missouri then our oldest daughters were in kindergarten and they're in fourth grade now so five years ago yeah so it was 2016 when we first met and 2017 when we first started having game nights at my house oh, so all right so you saw each other you and What's the status in Missouri, actually? Just can you tell our listeners where we are? Medical. Yeah, Missouri's medical. Okay. Um, so you are probably on a different market at that point. All right. So how did you, <laughs> you're in the Girl Scouts, you're a church Sunday school teacher? Is that right? <laughs> and you. Yeah, I substitute for, at our church, we, my husband and I, we do, we substitute whenever the usual leaders can't be there. <laughs> and, so, and so what was the stigma or what was, what was. And how did it work in your relationship with other people? Was it something you hid? Was it something people knew about? Was it something you were ashamed of? I mean, people come at this from so many different angles, you know? Yeah, I feel like it took me a while longer to feel comfortable just kind of coming out about my support for cannabis, cannabis use. It took me 
a while longer. I'm a huge people pleaser by nature. And so anything that kind of could rock the boat or make people upset with me gave me a lot of anxiety and really terrified me. So I had to work through that and work through the fact that, you know, at this point, I'm not doing anything that's illegal. I'm doing something that is safe and healthy. Um, it's helped my health tremendously. I've been able to get yes. off of two, two out of three of my prescribed pharmaceuticals, which is huge. And I feel so much better every day. So to me, it just got to a point where the, the good things about cannabis, the pros about cannabis way outweighed any fears that I had about people knowing. And now I like, I went to a Girl Scout meeting on Monday night with my younger daughter and I was working and stuff during the meeting. And one of the other moms was like, Oh, so you do weed stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I started telling her what I do. And now it's just not even a second thought. It just flows out like normal small talk conversation. I, I, I think that's what we're going. That's the goal, right? You know? All right. Let's talk about what you're doing though. So you're kind of bonding. You're, your girls are the same age. Is that how you know each other? Is that? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, how did, and were you working in accounting together? Is that how this started or how did that? Okay. No. So I actually, I was super closeted until I left my corporate job. So I've been in accounting in one piece or another, pretty much my entire adult career. So over the last 10, 12 years and I left my corporate job. I wanted to get into foster care stuff that didn't pan out because my life kind of fell apart. And I really missed accounting, but I knew that I could never go back to corporate. I could never go back into the closet of hiding my cannabis use. I could never go back to the pills, like all of that stuff. So I started Leo Accounting and I did that probably for like two months completely by myself. And then I was like, Jess, I need you, but I don't know what my niche is. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't, I know I need one to be successful. And she just looked at me and she was like, why wouldn't it be cannabis? And I said, what? And she said, you are so passionate about cannabis. You love cannabis. You change people's lives with cannabis. Why wouldn't you do something to support the cannabis industry then? And I said, oh my gosh, you're a genius. Why not? So we tag teamed Leo Accounting, started getting into networking events, traveling out of state because Missouri was still so new and not really doing anything. And then we got pulled in to start Canada Events by Leo to educate people, host classes and things like that. And we've just continued going. So, I mean, I'm sure it was different during the pandemic, but let's talk about what I love these sort of like women activities, bringing people together while you're using cannabis or talking about the plant or whatever. The education is what literally everybody talks about and how we penetrate people's belief system is tricky so this is one way and I think what I really think you guys have is humor I think that's the thing that just opens people up I mean I don't make these rules up I just think that's true so so what are you doing to engage people and make them feel so comfortable that they're open to this discussion well I one of the big things is that we make sure above all else all of our events are run compliant so if there are any issues, people can feel comfortable at our, at our events that they're not going to get raided. They're not going to be in trouble. And so that opens up a huge level of comfort and people wanting to come because they know that we've done the work. We've talked to the police department. We've talked to residents, to other community members and stuff, and have taken the steps necessary to make sure that our events, while they can be fun, they can be educational, they're compliant, and they're a safe space. We've also, we try to pay attention. We get involved with 
social media with our community. Pay attention to what it is, what questions they're asking, what things they're saying. Man, I wish that someone would do this. Man, I wish that someone would do this. We joke a lot and say that destiny especially. We and Leah, we fill the need. We see a need and we fill the need. It may not be something that we are completely professionals yet at this point, but we'll figure out a way to do it and make it great for the community. But that's, I mean, that's so, I got to say, that's so kind of woman, mothers. I think that's really mother centric. That the idea that, I don't know, I mean, you have a need, so I'll fix it. That's like, it's like in your core that you can come yeah. at it from that angle. It's, and, and the other idea that you understand you don't know everything, but whatever, you'll right. jump in. Yep. Right. <laughs> you got to do it. Well, no one's an expert. Yeah, exactly. And I think it helps that we were closeted for so long because people in our day-to-day lives, they know us. They know that we are good moms. We are successful. We are functioning, contributing members of society. And now all of a sudden they learn this new piece of us. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There is still definitely like backlash once they do find out from some people like my family. I went from being like a honors graduate, a college graduate, this corporate accountant, like really my family cheered me on. I was a little trophy. And then I was now considered the family pothead. I am a disgrace. I'm an embarrassment. I am lazy. Like, and this is still, this is my Hispanic side of the family. So there's still things and opinions that we have there, but because people knew us before, we're able to also help other people say, Hey, these people have done this. And they're not being murdered for it. They're not going to jail because of it. We're able to crack the jokes and be ourselves and show that we've always been these people. We just hid this part of ourselves before and now we don't have to. That's, I mean, and again, being relatable and being accessible to other people who can see you and, you know, and just, and I kind of say this about me, I had a late, I had a, a cannabis awakening in 2016. So I totally understand how hard it is to change someone's mind, you know, unless you have a reason for it. And you know, what I found with the women in the industry is that you guys are healing yourselves, which is sort of your story. You've healed yourself with this. So you kind of come at this from different, I mean, your story seemed a little bit similar, but different. Do you want to sort of come at it from like, from each of you? I know Destiny, so you had some of your family didn't agree with this, but I don't know. How, how do you want to tell a story? Like how you actually got to this point and how you recognized it was a healing plant really, as opposed to what people were telling you? Oh man. So it's been a heck of a journey. So I grew up in a small town in Arkansas and we in our high school were drug tested weekly and it was random drug tests. No, for real. We were weekly drug tested. I was always chosen randomly. Granted, this is a white, predominantly white school and my family's the only Hispanic family in this town. And I always passed. I never tried drug use or marijuana or anything before. And so I was really terrified of doing it. I also had a first husband who was a drug addict who also let it consume him and stuff. So I was also terrified from that point. It wasn't until I was in a car accident in the beginning of 2015 that I started trying to find alternatives. I did two years of physical therapy a chiropractor, spinal injections, wow. um, the sterile spinal injections every six months. Like it was two years of my life being consumed. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm not going to take these pain pills. I'm not going to do these things. I'm not going to go have a surgery that's temporary because I have kids. Like they flat out told me like, you can't pick up your baby because he's over 10 pounds. You can re-herniate your disc. You can cause more damage. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to not pick up my under one-year-old and that's not a possibility. So I just tucked through it until I found weed. And back then it was black market. So I 
got whatever I got and it either worked or it didn't work. And I was like, so how did you even know, like, were you encouraged to try it? Was this research you did on yourselves? Like, how do you even know that this is something that might be able to help you if you lived in this world of scary drug use concern? I started Googling and finding articles and studies. Yes. I just, I went down the rabbit hole of trying to educate myself and figure out like why. And I really didn't start going down the black hole until I, on the black market, you just, oh, they're like, oh, a quarter is this, a half is this. And you just take what you can get, right? Because it's black market, it's scary. But when I started doing that, I noticed some of the things I was getting really worked well, and I could sleep without jerking up in the middle of the night with spasms and in pain. And then sometimes it would do absolutely nothing but make me hungry. So then I was like, why? Why is it doing this? Why sometimes does this plant that's supposed to do all these things work and sometimes it doesn't? So I started educating myself. I found the clinician courses a couple years ago and really just dug into why and then I started telling other people why and talking about how things happen and now any of my friends that smoke they're like okay so this is a good daytime strain this is an afternoon strain this does this for my body this does this for my brain and it is the most freaking amazing thing I've ever seen and felt because everyone is smoking and medicating intentionally and it's beautiful so this so so if it's medical only how accessible is it is it easy to get a medical card or do you still trying to go to the underground or illicit market and try to find the terpenes that work for you? I don't know. Getting a medical card in Missouri is pretty easy. They've yeah. got a wide um, range of things that you can be approved for. And then there's at the bottom um, of the requirements, there's a little option that the doctor can check that says, or any other condition that a doctor deems, deems necessary. Okay. So it's big, um, yeah, they're not trying pretty, to be crazy. It's pretty yeah. simple. It's pretty simple to get your card. Now getting access, Right. Affordable access to cannabis in Missouri is difficult right now. Uh, it's been I think affordable access. That's like that is the key word. Affordable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Mm-hmm. So, so it's what... been legalized here for a couple of years now. It legalized in 2018. Mm-hmm. Our dispensaries really just started opening this year. Wow. Is there a home and grow? They... Are you allowed to grow as a medical patient? Yes. In... We are, are allowed to home cultivate. We're allowed to have caregivers that can cultivate for us if we're not as a patient not able to grow ourselves so we do have a ton of options and honestly that is the best and most feasible option in Missouri right now there are some dispensaries still that are wanting to open but they're waiting trying to wait until the price until the cultivators lower their prices to a more reasonable price so we're just kind of sitting back and watching uh, to see what they're doing and then trying to figure out what we can do to make it better. And for us, that means showing people how to, okay, if you're able to grow for yourself, here's other ways that you can medicate. We've gone live doing demonstrations for making cannabis capsules, for making tinctures to do infused foods, to make salves, to, we haven't done the live yet, but Destiny's recently been practicing with making cannabis suppositories. Oh, wow. Things like that. So that I know that's so that I just got fascinated by that because for cramps they're I, supposed to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that we can, I mean, that's what we can do. We don't have the resources to go out and purchase our own cultivation license or dispensary license right now. So we've looked for ways that we can still educate and make things accessible to the community. That is no, I find that fascinating. So how are you setting this up? How are you reaching people? Who are you reaching? Are you staying within Missouri or how what is What's your vision or what are you doing right now? And what did you do during COVID, you know, to keep people connected? Yeah. So I think, I mean, using social media has been huge. 
We've tried to team up with some other out-of-state organizations just to see, you know, how they're doing things to be able to get plugged into other people. We are big on supporting Missouri and supporting local, but we also know that the therapeutic effects of cannabis and the need to break stigmas is bigger than just us. Mm -hmm. So we've reached out to other states. We are members of Tokativity. Destiny is actually chapter leader for Tokativity Kansas City. We love Tokativity. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're working hard to try and get that built up. Of course, right now they're um, all online still. So we've been attending their online socials and trying to pull people in for we've also worked with some organizations in Oklahoma we've worked with women and weed down there gone to a few of their networking events Oklahoma, um, a lot of people growing in Oklahoma right Oklahoma's yeah booming yeah Oklahoma's big yeah they just announced they're going to put caps on licensing in Oklahoma now though Oh, they are. Yeah, this is such a state specific. I talk about this all the time. Every state is so specific and even by municipalities. I mean, you don't have adult use there yet, but is that how people, how are the medical dispensaries getting into different communities that have to be decided by each city or town or how does, how are they getting, I don't know. It's a whole system. I know it's a different system everywhere in Missouri. I have no idea how it works. The dispensaries are kind of relying on a lot of social media and word of mouth, but the problem right now with dispensaries and it really comes down to cultivators is that they came into the market and they set such exorbitant prices that our patients can't reach it. And then the patients that are going to the dispensaries to get the product are getting moldy products or mm-hmm. uncured products. And it's just, it's not safe for the patients. So we just, the dispensaries are trying, there are some good dispensaries out there, but right now we're dealing with a very corrupt and monopolized industry so we there's a very big difference in missouri between the cannabis industry and the cannabis community so that seems to be really universal that's an interesting distinction and we don't talk about it that much because i love the community i find it very interesting all these people have kept us alive for a hundred years i'm all over you know clubhouse listening to the ogs talk and you know there's that whole world and then today i was on a call or a conference with cannabis lawyers you know and these are people who are at a very high level of the regulatory system of this, but they're not even consumers. So there's such a difference between the money regulation part of this. Like if we want to create an industry that's consistent, like we don't want people having mold. We want people to be getting this like a medicine. That's one part of this regulation, but it's also, and I talk about this, it's a feminine plant. It's connected. It, you, I really don't think you should be in this industry. You don't have a connection to the plant at this level. And how do you keep it kind of small and local? And I mean, this is what you guys are doing. You know, how do you, make sure it's connected to where it came from. And this is not really my world. I always joke that my meetings all start with intentions now and I laugh, but it's so much healthier than law. And you're an accountant. I'm sure the accountants weren't that great either. So, you know, so you can sort of bridge it. You see the, you can see the bridge between the people who are in this industry and the health and healing part and the kind of like, we're going to make money in this no matter what part. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You can totally see the difference. And it the difference is getting, I feel like, brighter and brighter. And people are really shining a spotlight on that. And so you have all of the people, you know, kind of down here on the lower level that are actually the ones that are putting in the work and making change and that are going to make Missouri. Missouri is going to be a great market at some point. We just have to break through the crud first. And are you involved <laughs> with, like, policy advocacy at any level in Missouri on that you know, I don't know. It's like who's whispering in the ears of the politicians who are making these regulations. Are you connected at that at that level? I personally have not gotten involved in um, the 
political side much yet. I would very much like to. We have some great contacts that are involved with policy and advocacy on that level. That's not something that I've personally done a ton of yet. I've not done like things specifically at the courthouse, but I get to talk with the individuals that are building and creating the bills and stuff that they want. So like KSCDA, Kansas City Cannabis Association, is working on the Kansas legislation side. And I get to talk with the founders of that organization and just hear and learn like the things that they're doing. There's some other organizations kind of coming in under the under the rug or whatever that word is yeah uh for missouri trying to get adult use but they're trying to make sure it's equitable that's a big deal there's a group and the people that are in the industry right now in missouri are like oh let's go adult rec let's get these regulations out of the way but they're also the people that pushed for license caps in missouri they're also the people that are trying to just come in on the green rush rather than being patient focused so one thing that people are starting to really see and understand is that we need an equitable system in an industry and to do that we can't just say yes let's accept whatever crumbs you're going to throw at us right now we need to say no hang on let's tweak it now before it gets passed because once it gets passed it's even harder to do so that's really encouraging to see a lot of people starting to open their eyes and realize we have to put the work in now not be like oh let's accept it and then try to change it later because we've got so many issues with our medical program and it's nearly impossible to get the things changed. We know. Oh, so this is what you should be doing. Oh, I'm happy to hear this. Oh, this is great. All right. So, you know, it's the ladies in every state who are going to make this thing work. And we're talking about social equity because if you're coming in from the money part, you're not thinking about this. And if the politicians mm-hmm. don't hear, they're not going to, or the people who are giving out the licenses, if they don't hear these voices, they're not going to know. I mean, that's just the truth of it. So that is great. So keep doing that work. We're going to come up on a break. Got to thank my sponsor, but we'll be back with Jess and Destiny of Canna Events by Leo. But first, I just want to thank um, today's sponsor, who is Irie Blist, whose motto is manifest, don't stress. It's such a great motto, and I found it front and center on the Irie Bliss website, a hemp wellness lifestyle brand founded right here in Massachusetts by Sandy Bernier, medical cannabis patient, hemp advocate, and friend of the show. Irie Bliss products can be found in her two adorable shops, one in Rockland and the other in Weymouth where you can pick up some of the best CBD products in Massachusetts. And if you can't make it to the South Shore, no worries. You can find the links to her products on the Canna Mom Show shop, and Sandy will ship them right to you. And you know that I always say, never buy your CBD at the gas station, because really, you should almost know who is growing your hemp. And, well, Sandy does. The hemp for tinctures, gummies, and salves, and pet treats is grown is grown, extracted, and crafted all within a three-hour radius of her headquarters in Rockland, Massachusetts. She visits the farm and vets every brand she sells at her shops. Irie Bliss is working to illuminate the ways in which hemp can enhance our quality of life and the hemp and the health of our planet. They are deeply devoted to providing the highest quality products that are effective, affordable, and sustainable. And from personal experience, I know that they have the best customer service. And just like us, Sandy and her team are on a mission to end the stigma associated with cannabis for moms and caregivers. Sandy uses her profits to support cannabis patients with resources and education through her nonprofit, Green Network Providers, where you can speak to a nurse practitioner and get an affordable medical card and care plan via telemed or in person. And if that were not enough, she also has a party bus and is available for COVID-safe home 
party shopping experiences. True. And as a special gift to my listeners, she is offering a free shipping on all orders for the end of August. Just use the promo code CANAMOM at checkout. So go to our site, iriebliss, that's I-R-I-E-B-L-I-S-S dot com. Visit our shops in Rockland or Weymouth or book an appointment to speak with a nurse who can guide you on your path to better healing through hemp and CBD. And we know that hemp and CBD aren't just for people, they're for pets too. So today we have a special segment with Dr. Danny, who's going to talk to us today about elderly pets and CBD and what she's learning in the world of veterinary care and cannabis. Welcome, Dr. Danny. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me today. So I know we talked a little bit before, but I one of my topics is always, you know, old pets and CBD. So, and I know veterinarians are having almost as much trouble with this product as real doctors, you can get in trouble. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing and the products you have and um, how it can help our elderly pets. Absolutely. You're hundred percent correct on that, Joyce, that a lot of veterinarians are still of that, you know, kind of mindset that it's technically illegal. We're, you know, a little bit gun shy to discuss it with clients, but when I was, you know, seeing a lot of patients on the emergency service, that's what I do. I'm an emergency vet, so I'm seeing lots of sick pets. But I kept hearing many stories about people using CBD for different things like anxiety, seizures, arthritis, you know, kind of nondescript pain. And I said, you know, I really need to take a look into this just because something isn't, you know, as we say, evidence-based or that there's, you know, papers showing that we need to be using it doesn't mean that it doesn't have its place. So I did some research on it. What I found was really promising. And now in the past couple of years, we are starting to see some more clinical trials coming out for its use in dogs and especially for arthritis. So this is really exciting. And my hope is that I can spread the word to both pet owners and also other veterinarians as well that we really should not be discounting CBD and we should be recommending it more. Excellent. And I do talk about how my dog, I've been giving her peanut butter with CBD um, tinctures. Just, it's a little hard to give pets uh, CBD, but I know what, I know you actually have your own line of products to try to, you know, because one of the issues, again, what I just talked about, you know, you need to know what's in it and you need to know things are third-party tested and you don't want to be giving your pets something bad. So you want to talk a little bit about what you are using and are created and how people are using it? Absolutely. And you're so right about that. I hear too often about people that say, oh yes, I bought some CBD for my pet on Amazon. And that's not a thing. (laughs) That's Mm -mm. not CBD. So you're right that it always needs to be third-party tested, know exactly where it's coming from. And that's why I did develop my own brand last year. So I'm really excited to be offering a treat that's like a beef-flavored chew. I also have a tincture and a soft gel that's available. So I'm really excited about those. I use it personally for my own dog. I've got a rescue dog that has really bad thunderstorm anxiety. So, I love that story. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yes, he, he gets the tincture before a thunderstorm. And then my other dog, he just seems to like the taste of it. So if I give one to the one dog, I absolutely have to give some so funny. to the other dog. It's weird. But well, yeah, I've got all of those products available on my website, thedrdanny.com. 
and I'm always on there on the live chat feature. You can reach me directly with any questions. And what and just what are the conversations you're having with other vets? What are they saying back to you? Are they curious? Are people still pushing back that this isn't a real thing? How, what do you feel like it's happening out there? It feels like everything's shifting quickly in my world, really. I think it is starting to shift quickly, especially with these studies coming out. So that's right. what we, you know, as doctors, we want to see that someone has really done a clinical trial on this. So we've got a study out of uh, Cornell that happened in 2018 and a study out of Baylor College of Medicine that happened last year. Both were randomized, placebo, double blind, you know, all legit studies. And they did, you know, a comparison of the placebo versus CBD and the owner's perception of the pain improvement, as well as the veterinarian's perception. And it was shown that the CBD groups did show significant improvement. So I think now vets are starting to be more open to this now that things like this are coming out. And my hope is to talk with more vets and continue to you know, open, open their eyes and end the stigma around it. Oh, we need you. Thank you, Dr. Danny. So all the connections will be in the notes. And I will just say my own personal antidote is my dog is 13 or 14 now, and she runs up and downstairs still. And I think the CBD is helping, it's, you know, it's supposed to help with inflammation and arthritis. So I, I'm on board. So thank you, Dr. Danny, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. So back with our guest, Jess and Destiny. So my favorite topic, kids and moms and cannabis. How does this work in your household? You have lots and lots of children and lots of different ages. I was having a conversation with my mom not long after I finally decided to be completely open about cannabis use. And she said, okay, I'll support you, but you have to promise me that you won't ever let your kids see you do it. Really? And I was like, I'm not going to promise that. They watched me take my blood pressure medicine. How is this any different? Do you want me to go hide in the bathroom to take ibuprofen? Like that's, that's silly. Of course I will be responsible. I'm going to be a responsible and safe parent, but how am I going to break any type of stigmas or convince anybody that this is a safe and healthy and an okay thing if I'm running to hide and telling my kids, keep your mouth shut, be quiet, be quiet. This is a secret. This is mommy's little secret. No, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. So I talk to my kids openly about it now at this point. We discuss things. They have questions and I answer them honestly. We, If we're driving around and they see a billboard for one of the dispensaries, they're like, ooh, that's one of your weed things. My youngest, she's five and she she's so silly. She's definitely like a little sponge. She soaks up everything that I say. And so the other day we drove past a dispensary and she looked up and she was like, mom, is that the official cannabis? I was like, oh yeah, baby, that's some official cannabis. That's part of their, yeah, because that's what we've been doing for generations is hiding. So you're saying, you know, this yeah. is, it's like I drink in front of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And we've created rules and boundaries. They know, like they know that sometimes when I medicate, it's through edibles. And so when they see fun looking snacks now, they ask, hey, does that have medicine in it? Does that okay. have medicine in it? Is this a grown-up treat or can I have it? And so it's been, and her house is pretty similar. They're very open about it too. I'll let her take over and share her part. Yeah, so we went from being very secretive around our kids to being not secretive. So we used to tell our kids on game night once we all discovered our Girl Scout parents were all smokers, consumers. We would go up to my room to do laundry 
is what we were said because I always had a big pile of laundry on my bed that I, because I fold laundry and Medicaid and watch TV at the same time. It's the only way my brain will do it. And so we would tell them we were doing laundry for probably like the first year and a half, I would say. And then medical happened. We started getting medical cards. So we were no longer like in breaking the law or whatever. So we started doing that. And as I would get new strains. My kids would be like, oh, what's that? And I would say, oh, well, this is my medicine. It is Northern Lights. And they'd be like, oh, well, what does that mean? And I just explained it to them. Like, you see how our rose bushes outside have different colored roses, different patterns, different, they grow differently, right? They're like, yeah, of course. And I was like, okay, so my medicine is a plant. It grows differently. It has different colors, different flavors, different smells, and all of that. And then one of my favorite things was last summer, me and my sister uh, took two of my kids and we drove across the country from Kansas City to Washington and back. We car camped. So we found places we could just park the car, disperse campsites, things like that. And we were actually seeing Mount Rainier on our way back. And we rolled down the windows and you just get the whiff of the pine trees. And so my we were, I was like, oh man, that's a terpene right there. That's a terpene guys. And they're like, what do you mean? That's a terpene. I was like, that's pinene or panine, I think is how it's actually said. I said, and that's in my plants and it has these medicinal properties. And like, we just talked about it. I was like, so take a deep breath. And they all did. And they could all smell it. And they like felt it in their chest. And like, it's just things like that. Like we're just, we're teaching them from the beginning that this is a medicine. They only refer to it as a medicine. Uh, they call it cannabis. They call it marijuana sometimes. My daughter and my son just, they're like, can we tell my teacher this? Like I have, so my son traced out an ashtray that one of our residents, and he was like, I'm going to go give this to my teacher because it's just so normal. And I was like, I love that you want to do that. But not everybody has the same beliefs that we have on this plant. So it's probably a better idea that you just don't. And he goes, okay, well, then it's for you, mommy. Here you go. And he's six. So it's just, we've just been open and we joke all the time. Our kids are going to be the next round of growers and cannabis business owners and just be able to really be that bridge. Oh They're going to get yeah. to high school and some, some kid's going to say, hey, you want to come get high? And our kids are going to be like, well, what strain is it? What's the THC percentage? What's the protein <laughs> uh, Is this well, going to make I, me have the munchies or sleepy? Like, am I going to focus in class or am I going to be just wiped out? Like, But that's the funny, that's the truth of it. Like, I hear a lot of cannabis moms say this, who say their kids can talk about it. And when these people come into their classrooms to tell them things that are not true, these kids who are seven or eight or nine can stand up and say, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. You know, so they are the next generation. That's awesome. All right. So we're actually running up on time, ladies. What are you doing? What are your plans for 2021? Are you traveling yet? Are you going to conferences? Are you just doing your TikTok mania? Check them out on TikTok. They're very funny. (laughs) TikTok mania. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) We we are ready to start doing some in-person events, which we're very excited about. There are a couple events coming up that we are helping to plan or just attending in July in Illinois, actually, just. 20 minutes outside of downtown St. Louis, we're doing a Canna Golf Tournament. So it's the first annual Midwest Canna Golf Tournament. And we're trying to get people from, you know, all over to come. We're setting up vendors, sponsorship. People are going to golf and there's going to be prizes, but then we're also allowing spectators in to hang out and have food trucks. And so that's going to be a fun time. That's one. It's not our event. We are helping to plan it and we'll be attending. Oh, that sounds (laughs) Um, fun. yeah. yeah. For our events, so our 
kind of like our heart of it, our passion event is our patient caregiver fair. We got to do one of those last year. And in that event, we do, we have, again, we have cannabis industry businesses come in and set up tables so that people from the community can kind of meet and greet them, get to know them. And then we do what we call speed weed dating between patients and caregivers to get patients and caregivers matched up. And so that's a blast. We've decided that's kind of a big event though. So we're going to wait until 2022 to do an event of that scale in person again. But we have been making some plans to do online events for Tokativity, Kansas City, to try and get that built up. And then let's see, what are some of the other things that we've got planned? We're going to be doing more educational live events because there are still a lot of people that are very wary about coming out. Very wary. But people that are worried about coming out. So we want to continue to bring education and just common knowledge to people. We're launching like a low cost course where people don't have to go pay the money to get a certificate or do things like that. They, we can teach them how the industry, again, industry community, there's a difference, how the industry markets cannabis and how those, the way that it's marketed isn't actually effective or what we need as patients. So teaching us how to purchase medical cannabis and be intentional with our medicating. Gosh, there's a lot of things. I know you got a lot. Do. All right, but whatever. So the notes are, all the notes, show notes, I will tell you how to get in touch with them. I love the whole patient thing. I haven't heard that patient caregiver matching up. That's very unique. That's an awesome idea. You know, yeah. so again, this is health and wellness. We talk about this often about it's very personal, but the problem is, you sometimes you, you need another person to help you with this. You know, it can't, we know that doctors can't do it. We know nurses aren't there yet. Your bud tender is a nice person, I'm sure, but they're not really your caregiver. So the idea that is it's health and wellness. We need help. And the idea that you can learn your terpenes when you're six or seven. That's amazing. All right, yeah. ladies, the pining. I didn't understand that. I'm 56. I'm like, oh, like pining, like when you're in the forest and you feel good. It's amazing. All right. So for my guests, Jess and Destiny, how do you connect with them will be in the show notes. We want to thank Dr. Danny. You can connect with her and her dog tour. We'll have that connection too. If you need some things for your pets, I want to thank David Jazz. Good job, my canna bro. Thank you. A pleasant ride and journey as usual. As usual, yes. I want to thank Catherine and Hayden, our social media team. They are doing a great job. And don't forget, you can enter to win the Women of the Amazing Technicolor Cannabis. And we have extra giveaways. We have a uh, donation from Arden, a decarboxylator, and a box from My Jane. So you could win lots of things. So enter. Enter again. I want to thank Vote Catherine early, vote often. Exactly. Vote <laughs> early, vote often. I want to thank Josh Lampkin and Bella Jaffe for writing and performing the Cannamom theme music. And most importantly, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom show where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in this emerging cannabis industry. One can a story at a time. Please follow the Cannamom show on social media and subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I am your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom show and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. 
and journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.